News Now. Time for the Crime Report. It is sponsored by Crime Stopper Selfie County. 1 800 220 TIPS 220 On calls, always kept confidential. A monetary reward of up to $5,000, sometimes more. Uh, for information that will lead to an arrest or arrest, Joe Jack alone is a retired NYPD sergeant, former commanding officer of the Bronx Cold Case Squad. He's a current adjunct professor at John Jay College, author of the Criminal Investigative Function of New Investigators, edition number four. Joe, a, a highly decorated member of the NYPD back in the day, including the most notable uh, Department Medal of Valor, the aforementioned Sarge Joe Jack alone. Sir, how are you? Good morning, Jay. How are you? Doing well, my friend. Stay warm. It's going to get very cold uh, in your neck of the woods. Um, You know, let's start with the New Jersey Councilwoman, uh, Joe. uh, Very troubling here. You just jumped for gun down outside her home. This was late Wednesday. Crashing her car, being repeatedly shot while behind the wheel. You know, it it certainly seems, from everything I have uh, read, it certainly seems it was a targeted attack. Joe, do we know anything more here? No, but we do know that there is another video. They say now that um, the victim was was talking to you know, the, the shooter ahead of time. So there might be you know, some sort of relationship there. So listen, I mean, when you, when you have cases like this, of course, you, you have your two main theories, right? One, it was politically motivated, and two, it's personally motivated. So... Those are the two angles that the uh, the police, I'm sure, are working on right now, uh, get, getting phone records and, and, and emails, right? Because, you know, a lot of times uh, politicians get death threats and stuff through the emails or through social media. So they're going to be looking through all those things. I think they're going to wrap this one up pretty quick, though, I have a feeling. Yeah, the uh, situation at hand that the gunman was spotted, I guess, racing over the Garden State Parkway, which I, I guess... Uh, edges the complex, so not a lot of details or on on possible identifying details on a weapon or a weapon for that matter. But uh, very, very uh, troubling. Very well respected woman, I might add. Um, well, a major I, loss who had served the borough of Sayreville since 2021. Uh, that's when she asked. She's a, a Republican. She asked a sitting Democrat. It was in you know, a, a very shocking type of election win. So uh, a stunning type of deal there, and we'll keep an eye on that. Now, the funeral for Terry Nichols uh, was a couple of days ago in Memphis. Gut-wrenching. Uh, really was gut-wrenching. I quote parts of it, Joe. And, of course, since you and I have spoken, we saw the video. Give me an assessment. You know better than anyone. You're in this business a long time, very well respected as anyone in the country. Uh, give me an idea what you saw. Well, I mean, it's awful in the respect that, you know, the, the rule is once the cuffs are on, it's over, right? I mean, when these, this guy has his cuffs on, they're still beating him and passing him around. And, and one one cop is even on the audio saying, you know, hey, I landed a couple of haymakers and, and, and those kind of things. So, listen, it, it's from beginning to end, it, it's um, it, it's is awful, right? So I mean, can't say anything else on radio. But the issue that it comes down to is, uh, I did an AP interview with this, uh, and I'm saying, well, where's the supervisor, right? I know people say, well, the supervisor wouldn't have stopped. Yeah, well, yes, they would. You know, or cops are less likely to behave badly when there's supervision. So 
that was one of the things that I had mentioned in, in, in this article. But the following day, the Memphis Police Department made a statement saying that they have lack of supervisors because they have they don't have enough cops. Well, here you go, right? So I don't know if they're responding to the article per se, but, you know, it's a real thing. Having supervisors, sergeants and lieutenants on the scenes of these incidents can prevent cops from doing things. I said this about the Memphis incident with Charlotte. I mean, nine minutes. Uh, are you telling me that if the sergeant or lieutenant doesn't show up, that this doesn't stop way ahead of time? Like, for instance, the sergeant's coming and or the lieutenant's coming and and these guys are, are beating us. They're not going to stop. Of course they are, right? So when you have different ranks and supervisors, there's less likelihood that there's going to be any kind of cover up or or whatever. I know people are going to say, "Oh, well, that's nonsense." No, no, because that sergeant or lieutenant becomes just as liable and culpable as the cops that are doing. And it's something that you take very serious once you get promoted in this job. Now, is that going to stop every one of them? I don't know. I can't tell you. But I can tell you something. It could prevent many of these things in the future if they just did what they were supposed to do. And I don't want to hear that you don't have enough people. I don't want to hear that you have a specialized unit that has zero supervision. Even the NYPD, you have an anti-crime team cannot go out unless they had a supervisor that was done, was that was solely dedicated to them, meaning that you couldn't even ask like the patrol sergeant to cover them. They had to have a supervisor with them. So those are the things that uh, you can do to prevent situations like this. The hiring, I don't know. We're gonna we, we should find out. An investigative reporter should really dig down deep into the backgrounds of these guys and see see what happened here. We'll see what transpired. We have a department that is just desperate to get people. Uh, do they lower their standards? I know they lowered, they, they, they dropped the uh, college requirement. It's something that Chicago did already. It's something that Mayor Adams has already suggested. Meanwhile, they've studied, they've done research to show that cops with college degrees are less likely to use force. So, you know, here we are in, in, in this back to forth, front to back kind of thinking, you know, progressives, uh, progressive policing reform, all this other stuff. But if you listen to the reform reformers, it's really not about reform. It's really about abolishment. That's that's their goal. No, nobody should be subject to what Tyree Nichols was subjected to. I mean, it was it was beyond reproach. It really was. I couldn't even. I cringed. I cringed. Uh, that's how bad it was. And you know what made it even worse for me? The fact that they let this guy lay on the ground without any attention from a medical standpoint. In fact, you had three MT, EMTs who did nothing. Nothing. And then you had another guy yeah. come in, right? There was uh, two more cops. One tased him. A white guy. A white cop. Did nothing. Nothing. Uh, it's unbelievable. They let this guy die before the ambulance picked him up, and he died three days later. I mean, you, you talk about inhumane to the to the max degree it's it's indescribable it really is um and yeah reform is needed training is needed and you're right you hit it on the head the words leadership and i always go back to the uvalde shooting at the school in which you had you know the 70 minutes and everything else waiting for a command where's the leadership there's no leadership Without leadership, you have nothing. Look at the White House. 
But well, you have you know, no listen, leadership that's a, whole, that's, a whole, that's a whole other story. But when, you, when you're dealing with a situation like this, right, because we know now that the, the, the police chief comes with a checkered pass, right? So she was she was either let go or fired from Atlanta, right? We can't really get a, a um, you know, a, a real response about what happened to her over there and what the situation was and a cover-up of a sexual assault or some, you know, some whole mess, right, that is, is going on over there. So we need to get, we need to have reporters do what they're supposed to do in regards to investigating these incidences in respect of who were the people involved? What were their backgrounds? See, I, I just don't want to see this thing just, you know, go away, right? We need answers. If we want reform or we want, we need to change the way we choose people to be police leaders. We need to change the way we recruit, select, and train people. And then, of course, how we supervise and then discipline them. We need to know all this stuff because if we don't find it out in this case or in any other case that ha- this happens in, we're going to keep on making the same mistakes, all right? Because it starts at the top. Remember, <laughs> the buck stops here. You know, it, uh, I mean, it's it's really um, a sad state of affairs that we're dealing with here in policing. And some of it is, is self-inflicted in regards to choosing the wrong people, whether it is to be a cop or to be the, it's the charge of an organization. No question. One final thing on this. I heard a comment uh, from Whoopi Goldberg on The View. And, you know, listen, most of the stuff she says is complete, completely moronic. I mean, it really is. You, you know, the Holocaust stuff and everything. Listen, you could cite a million things. But for her, her to go off on a tangent, you know, and she has put race into this. Well, what if it was a white guy? You know, let me educate you, Whoopi Goldberg. White guys lead the way as far as arrests in these type of situations. I mean, come on. I mean, to to go off on a tangent and use the race card in this is ridiculous. Joe, I keep hearing that. It's crazy. I mean, people like well, her, they are the ones that stir it up for no reason. And, and well, there, completely uneducated when it comes to this stuff. She wasn't the only one that, that brought race into this and, and, and white supremacy and everything. Like, listen, you, you have to just tune out and ignore those those people that do that because they're only looking to do one thing, and that's stir the pot, right? So they, they have a certain narrative in their mind that they need to keep on proving is true, whatever it is. And, that. and you're never going to try to explain or um, you know, try to change somebody's mind who, who goes, who jumps right to that argument for everything. So I, I tune them out. and I, I ignore those kind of things. It, it, it is what it is. I, I'm more interested in let's address the real problem in the room in regards to recruitment, selection, training, and that's just for not only for police officers, but for also for our supervisors. And we need to make sure that we're picking the right people and we're not Pigeonhole, pigeon, uh, you know, pigeonhole ourselves and, and saying that we need to, you know, pick uh, somebody who matches this or does that, or you know, we we need to get back to the frame of mind that we need to find the best qualified candidates in everything that we do. Can't ignore stuff like that. I really can't. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's like know the facts and and, and come on. The facts, the facts mean, don't matter. Stand. She has a platform on a very well-viewed TV show, okay? She has to have some sort of responsibility. She should be thrown off the air once and for all. 
Get her out. Get her out. She is uh, she is is not uh, for the betterment as far as uh, letting people know factual information. That's what really gets to me. All right, let's move on to a couple of things. Governor, with a budget address a couple of days ago, Joe, and most notably, you know, I was looking for some sort of public safety something. She did call for earmarking. Uh, I think it was $40 million to hire more prosecutors around the state. You know, what good is hiring more prosecutors around the state when you have a guy leading the way like Alvin Brack? I mean, it's, it's almost, you know, it's one washes out the other, you know, kind of thing there. Uh, you know, she's launched a couple of trooper, state trooper recruitment classes, raising salaries of some of these court-appointed defense lawyers. But what I want to know is, uh, how about revise the state's bail law? And this is where, you know, you're never, ever going to solve this issue. As long as you have a progressive movement in that the likes of Stuart Cousins and Carl Hayes, you're never going to solve the issue. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, to kind of piecemeal things regarding judges, you know, she removes language that directs judges to impose the least restrictive standard in determining whether a criminal defendant should be released or held on bail in cases involving violent felonies and certain misdemeanors. Listen, why can't she just say, we need to give judges their full discretionary powers back? It doesn't work any other way, Sarge. Well, she can't say it because it would go against everything she said before the election, and that there isn't any problem, and then, of course, there would be a problem between her and and Carl Hasty and Andrea Stewart Cousins and, and the whole other lot. So, you know, it's it's about party at this point. It's not about actually uh, doing the right thing, because if you, if you saw the case where these two guys were robbing food trucks all across New York City, uh, and, you know, they were doing like the perp walk, and the guy's like, I'll be out in 24 hours. You know, so, I mean, this is, this is a, a direct... Uh, attack against bail reform and everything like that right here in front of your face and then to add insult to injury the feds hear about this and they step in and charge them they charge these two guys federally because they didn't want them to to, to step out of jail within 24 hours so they charge them federally with because of the fact that these are commercial vehicles and that they uh, I think it's the Hobbs Act and they they charge them with these four violent felonies for uh, federal crimes now so now they're they're sitting in in a jail cell in, in a federal jail so this is what we're going to see, and I, and I I said this when this this verse started way back when we spoke about this in 2020 that you're going to start seeing the feds taking on more and more cases in in New York City and elsewhere because it, at this rate the the violence is just going to get out of control. Listen, we had a I, we didn't have a record last year in the rise in crime in New York City at 35. percent um, It was pretty close to a record, but now we're still we're flatlining. We're still up. We're up slightly, only one percent for the year. Nothing to to raise the alarms about, but if you think about we're up 1% on top of a record, that's something to be concerned about because this is the new normal then. And we're looking at a, a situation where we might be stuck with these numbers that we haven't seen in 20 years uh, as the new normal. And that's that's what the concern should be. As, as the more and more time goes on uh, regarding the notion that the judicial discretion uh, is there because it it unfairly impacts poor and minority defendants. I mean, we're never going to get anywhere. I mean, let's face it. And I said this yesterday as well. Uh, You know, she pushes 
nothing to reigning crimes by the under-18s. And often it's against fellow teenagers, Joe. And, you know, I mean, let's face it. A lot of these offenses rose because, you know, you had the raise the age law after that, which, you know, keeps 16 and 17-year-olds from being uh, from facing some serious uh, crimes and consequences. That took effect, what, four years ago almost. So, uh, and you look at the numbers, under 18 shooters more than doubling in the city as the teenagers struck by gunfire. Yet, what's this governor doing about it? Doing anything about it? Nothing. You know, that's something that, uh, to me, really stands out with all this other stuff, with bail reform, everything. The raise the age stuff is ridiculous. Well, and that's why I always say, too, that uh, when people just rail against bail reform, you know, there's people just think it's just about bail reform. But inside that bail reform law, there's all kinds of things about discovery and everything else that, that needs to be addressed. I mean, if you saw that, that um, op, not the op-ed, the um, expose in the post about how many cases that Bragg is even admitting to dropping now, I think it's like 48 percent of all felonies or whatever it is, to, you know, and he's actually admitting that, admitting that the discovery laws was, was what's causing this, right? So then here you have a situation where people are being arrested, the case is getting thrown out, and then if they get rearrested, that doesn't count as a rearrest against the, against the bail reform. So it, when you think about how they design this thing, it, it, it's really um, it's really amazing. And then and then people are just, uh, I, I don't know if it's just uneducated or whatever in the respect of how this thing actually works, but they keep on saying that bail reform has nothing to do with the rise in crime in the last couple of years, I think we're, I think they're a mistake. And um, it's, it's a shame because it's affecting a lot of people's lives and it's destroying a lot of people's lives. These softy judges, I'll uh, let them loose. Bruce, you know as best, best as anyone. Remember Bruce Wright <laughs> back in the day? Uh, same great. type of deal. Let them loose DAs. I'll have Alvin Bragg. They are all part of this problem. Until we fix it, we have nothing. The crime report. And the SARS show, Jacqueline. Joe, have a great weekend. We will chat, my friend.